In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attention of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locastudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locastudy.com and download your free copy today. Welcome to Mortgage Marketing Radio, brought to you by the Mortgage Marketing Institute, your number one source for truth in mortgage marketing. Hey, listeners, Jefferson for here. Welcome to this episode of Mortgage Marketing Radio. How are you doing? Is 2018 kicking off the way you intended it to be this year? I hope so. If not, listen to this episode. Lots of learning lessons in here. Who's my guest? Well, my guest is none other than superstar originator, rock star, Joe Caltabiano from Chicago, Illinois. Now, if you haven't heard of Joe, where have you been living? Under a rock? Come on. Joe's been in the mortgage business since 2001. And uh, since 2004, he was closing over $100 million in loans every year since 2004. How do you start in the business and four years later be a $100 million producer? Well, listen and you'll find out. Joe's total fundings in his career so far is over $2.5 billion and obviously consistently ranked among the top loan officers in the country. I mean, number four in the country in 2011 for purchase business, as well as consistently the top one uh, for production for purchase business in the state of Illinois. I mean, Scotsman's Guide named him number four originator, MPA Magazine, Hot 100 list, number four in the country on Mortgage Executive Magazine. You know, the list goes on and on and on and how many accolades Joe has gotten. But I think why I wanted to bring you Joe today is because a couple of reasons. Um, this will be a little bit of a longer uh, lead up to this actual show. So bear with me here. But look, so Joe's doing some mega production, right? Lots of units helping lots of families. Now, oftentimes people hear this couple of things come up. First of all, the assumption is, oh, well, Joe's got a team of five loan officers out there generating the business for him. Eh, not true. Joe's generating all the business. He's a rainmaker. Does he have a team? Yes, he does. You'll hear more about that on the podcast. Does he have individual loan officers that are out there in the field actually originating? No. Uh, he does have support staff that are actually handling the business that he generates and then turns over to his team uh, for his onboarding, his loan process, et cetera. And you'll hear about that. We'll unpack that on the call. That's number one. Number two, as you listen to this episode, just know that there are some lessons you can extract for yourself, and then there are some that might not be appropriate for where you are in the business. For example, Joe is not someone who meets his clients face-to-face. -face. You cannot do the volume that Joe does and scale to that many units face-to-face. -face. You simply can't, right? 
So what I want you to be aware of is that might not be the right model for you. Look, if you're in a place where, you know, you don't want to do, you know, a hundred million dollars a year, you don't want to do, you know, a thousand loans a year, right? And your business plan and model is not as uh, aggressive, if you will, right? So if your goal is to, instead of do two loans a month, do five or do 10, right? Or whatever the case is, even 20, right? And and you're at a place where you need to build your brand, you need to build more trust, you need to um, improve your uh, customer experience. Well, meeting face-to-face with your clients is one way to do that and to do that in a very controlled way. Because in a competitive rate environment, right, et cetera, and technology coming in, right, um, one of the things that separates you differently from the rest of your competitors out there or from uh, technology push-button mortgage is your customer experience, the level of education and transparency that you provide, right? So just keep that in mind, right? I don't want you to hear this podcast from Joe and to be like, oh, well, Joe C doesn't meet with any of the clients. Therefore, I'm not going to do that. Not the right answer there, okay? Do what's right for you in your business, but just take the lessons that you hear in terms of Joe and his process and how he approaches, right, structuring, you know, files and working with realtors, et cetera. Those are the takeaways I want, I want you to pull from this because, as I said, right, in today's world, right, you've got to build that trust and there's no better way to build that trust than face-to-face. So if that's a model that you want to subscribe to, meeting with your clients face-to-face, I highly endorse that, particularly if you're in that growth mode, right? That's going to help accelerate a lot of things for you, your conversion rate, right? Your referral rate and things like that. So just know that going in. Okay. So enough said about that. Hey, by the way, if you're liking these episodes and uh, you want to share the love, I appreciate it. You can go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, um, more platforms to come soon. Leave me a review, okay? Just leave me a nice little thumbs up, four or five stars, whatever you think is appropriate. And then uh, as a thank you, I'm going to send you a cool, sexy t-shirt. How's that? And I do mean sexy, by the way. Um, these things are soft. They're, um, you know, comfortable. Um, they're attractive. It spikes conversation. People ask, what's mortgage marketing radio, right? I actually sleep in mine. That's how comfortable it is. So if you want to get yourself one of those t-shirts, and if you want me to keep talking in this bedroom voice, I can do it. Here's how you get your t-shirt. Leave me a review and just email me info at mortgagemarketinginstitute.com. Email me that you left a review, your mailing address, and your preferred shirt size, large or XL only, please. You small petite people out there, you know, you'll grow into it. Okay. Hit the gym. So leave me a review and you'll get your t-shirt. And these things are selling like hotcakes selling. What do you mean? They're, I'm giving them away for free. So I just ordered a new batch and appreciate you sharing the love. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Let's get into this week's show. Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Great to be here. No, it's uh, great to have you. I know you're uh, incredibly busy. you got a lot going on in your life, and I'm just honored that uh, you've been willing to take time to share your experience um, you know, as a wildly successful loan officer. So give us, give us the quick skinny on uh, who Joe is, what he's all about, man. Um, you know, Give me the rundown. Yeah, so been in the mortgage business since 2001, started as an assistant, learned the business pretty quickly. I uh, was very fortunate to to kind of find a career path that uh, I enjoyed and that I was fairly good at. Business kind of uh, grew organically and, uh, you know, been in the top 10 of the country for, for a while now and just uh, been very fortunate to have a, a successful career in the mortgage industry. Awesome. So I want to start with, um, you know, whenever I have a guest on like you, and uh, as you know, I've had your buddy uh, Champanosian on. So yeah. You know, we get what I call mega producers, right? And if I'm looking at your stats, mm-hmm. uh, over two and a half billion in funded loans since 2001. 
Yeah, I've done a lot of loans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a that's a big number. Um, and so oftentimes people hear that and they're like a couple of different reactions. They're like, oh my God, how does he do that? Number one. And then the second reaction is, you know, he's probably got a team of 20 loan officers under him. So first order of business, I want to deal with that. Uh, let's, let's set aside how did he, how did he do that for a moment? We'll come back to that, but give us a breakdown of, of what your team structure looks like. So I, uh, as kind of SVP, I talked to all the clients, I quote rates, but then beneath me, I've got a, a rock star team that I've built over the years. Finding the right pieces takes time and, and a lot of work and effort and energy. And you're, you're really, your team is only as good as uh, the effort you put into building them. So spend a lot of time uh, developing a strong team. I've got a few mortgage consultants. Uh, my mortgage consultants know everything about the loan business just like I do. They know guidelines. They know rates. They know programs. They are the ones who interact with the clients uh, as much as I do. They handle getting front-end paperwork. They handle uh, getting pay stubs and bank statements and tax returns and, and qualifying income and things like that. Uh, once clients get us documents, that's where kind of the machine takes over. And we've got a couple, uh, we, we call them loan coordinators, but in a traditional sense, they're more of a processor. Um, they handle the submission of the loan to the underwriter, the first round of conditions that they can handle. Anything relating to client documents goes back to the mortgage consultants. Um, spread in there, I do a lot of condo business. So I isolated having a specific person dedicated to the condo process, chasing down condo questionnaires, certificates of insurance, things like that. Things that were specific to my transactions. Um, I think that was a big differentiator for me to some other people uh, who also did a lot of condos, but staff would get burned out chasing down things um, like the condo docs. And then there's support staff sprinkled in there to help people do um, the, the more mundane tasks of chasing down a verification of deposit or following up on titles from attorneys and things like that. So that's that's kind of the team in its, in its whole. I've got about nine people who work for me uh, mm-hmm. in total. Okay. And so back to those, um, the, the people that are the front ends talking to the customers, what'd you call them? Loan consultants? Yeah, the mortgage consultants. Mortgage consultants. Mortgage consultants. What percentage of the business that's being generated for you overall under the umbrella of, of Joe, right? Um, how much are they out in the field generating versus you? Zero. That's not their job. The expectation is I'm the rainmaker. That's my sole job. Mm-hmm. Is My job is to make the phone ring, develop business, and take kind of the front end side of the application. They are, in, in a traditional business world, they're kind of an inside sales rep. So inbound phone calls. They may handle, but for the most part, they're supporting me and giving me the ability to be out. So the phones always get answered. If somebody calls me, it may roll to one of the mortgage consultants, and they're certainly capable um, of quoting rates and doing all those different things. But uh, I, I source 100% of the business that comes through our doors. So is the give, give me an average day in the life. You're out in the field, shaking hands, kissing babies, right? Meeting, greeting realtor partners, et cetera, to generate, to make it rain. Um, but the directive... Is, is the conversation you have, you know, with your referral partners that, um, you know, hey, when you've got a referral, you call this number. Does that, depending on the situation, if you're on the clock or off, does that roll automatically to your team? How do you set that up? Yeah, so I, I'm very seldom off the clock. Um, to realtor partners and referral sources, the conversation is, hey, call me. Here's my cell phone. I'm available 24-7. So any of the front-end conversation with clients is all me. It's... Uh, getting to know the client, understanding what their goals and objectives are, 
give them you know, some brief overview on the mortgage process, but also mentioning that once we get started, um, Nikki or Chris or, uh, or Rob from my team will also be involved in the process. So making sure that they understand it's not all me. That's how I can be in 10 places at the same time, that I have an incredible team. I want them to be comfortable with them, but I am the, I am the first phone call always. Um, wow. I'll forward my phone if I'm not available, but uh, in general, it's only my phone number that goes out. It's not, hey, call so-and-so, call Nikki for uh, a rate quote. It's call Joe, call Joe, call Joe. And, and that continues to build my brand, right? That, that mm. helps reinforce that I'm in 10 places at the same time. So you kind of want to act as if and act if you're um, mm. omnipotent to a certain point. And, and what does the daily flow look like uh, for incoming calls that you're getting on average? It, it varies. You know, Mondays are brutal. Um, yeah. you know, my assistant doesn't really schedule any appointments for me on Mondays because, you know, in general, the cycle starts on, you know, Saturday, Sunday, people are out looking at houses. So Monday is flooded with people who've written contracts and mm-hmm. want to understand what rates are and things like that. So Mondays are you know, just kind of putting out fires, putting your finger in the dam and trying to stay above water mm-hmm. um, is, is really what a Monday looks like. You know, the rest of the week, I'm not a guy who blocks time. I'm not a guy who schedules like, you know, hey, between nine and 11, I make outgoing phone calls. I'm more of a uh, ad hoc kind of fly by night guy where, it, uh, where I'm, I just go with the flow of the day. Some days are incredibly heavy with phone calls. Um, some days are not, um, but I keep myself busy and I'm either taking in business or I'm reaching out for new business. Very interesting to hear that somebody doing the level of production you're doing, not time blocking. That tells me, I know it's certainly an uh, interesting concept. Yeah. You know, I hear a lot of guys talking about time blocking. It's just, it never fit for me and, uh, it seems to have worked out pretty well. Well, and so I get that. I think there are some unique situations where people can, you know, like you do that, but I'd say they're, they're rare because too often people then get bogged down in the stuff that doesn't make it rain, which, um, you don't do, do you? No, I mean, I, my time is very efficiently spent, right? I don't, uh, if I'm on social media, it's purpose driven. I'm not looking up, you know, who was out where last night, my, my social media, focus is is highly focused if i'm on email i have a purpose for being on my email at that time if i'm in our loan software i'm I'm, everything i do is very strategic Mm -hmm. but if something else pops up that is a revenue generating event i think that's that's the important piece to understand is if i am in the middle of writing a a nobel prize winning idea down and my phone rings and it's a realtor or a new client everything else ceases immediately and the focus is on revenue generating events because that's the highest and best use of my time. It's not penning some novel to an underwriter. Um, but if I have downtime and can help strategically position us to close more loans, um, I certainly don't, I don't waste that time in any stretch. But revenue generating events are the number one focus of my day 100% of the time to the point where if a client called right now, I would probably drop this conversation and, and move on to that. Just, just kidding. But, uh, you know, I can't, I can't stress enough how that interaction is critically important to loan officers and they need to understand that their sole purpose is generating revenue. That's, that's what you are. That's what a loan officer is. Um, and that's the single highest best use of your time. 
So that's a great point. And I think I, I want to uh, uh, highlight that for a second because, you know, there's one of two directions people can go. And I talk to LOs a lot about time blocking and the question comes up, you know, well, what if a realtor call comes in and, and, and you can go one of two ways in that you either, you know, structure your day where you do have time blocks and you let your referral partners know, Hey, and obviously you, you, you can use your voicemail to say during these hours, et cetera. And that's one way to go. But the other way is your way, which is, you know, no, a, a call comes in, everything stops for business. The question I have around that though is, because I know this is in the loan officer's head is, uh, well, how often does your time get wasted, right? If it's one of those calls that you think is going to be a productive call, but it's one of those questions that could have been dealt with later. How do you respond to that? Sure. You know, I'm I'm efficient on the phone. Uh, I'm efficient on emails. A lot of people don't answer the entire question or don't hear what the other person is saying. So if you're efficient with your time, I mean, I can drive, I can go through a loan application in five minutes. If it's a client I know is comfortable with that, you know, there's so many different clients out there and client and people types, right? The, the traders that I deal with who want to know what the rate is, what the payment is, what do they need to do? And they don't need to understand every single detail of the loan process compared to the first time home buyer who needs additional time. So you know, understanding who you're talking to and how quickly you can navigate and hit on all the key points without them feeling rushed is an art form that you develop over time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that has been, uh, I've honed my skills on being as efficient as possible. I don't have very many 30-minute phone conversations. I don't have very many 30-minute meetings. You know, my average time on the phone with a client is maybe 10 minutes, even for a first-time home buyer because I'm driving the conversation mm-hmm. and I'm asking very direct questions. I'm not beating around the bush and asking, you know, I, I don't have that crazy personal relationship with a client that a lot of people try to do. I'm Joe C. I'm here to help you get a mortgage. And I don't care if it's a three bedroom or a one bedroom. I care about what your goals and objectives are relating to the financial piece. There's very little emotion. Um, and that's what the realtors are there for is to talk about the, size of the unit and the color of the walls and things like that. That's not me. My job is, you know, what's a mortgage payment for 300,000 with 5% down, 10% down. And is there any benefit to putting 50% down um, and really driving that conversation and constantly putting it back on the client of, do you have additional questions? So there's very little dead air when I'm talking to somebody on the phone. Hmm. So I'm trying to get an idea of then what that conversation looks and sounds like, because, you know, there's, there's, some people, I'm trying to get a sense of um, how much of a kind of financial consultation your call is. You know, you've heard people do like, you know, um, a total, you know, total cost analysis and things like that and look at three different loan scenarios and make sure the loan fits into their overall financial picture. Are you delving into any of that stuff or is it really more focused on the loan for the for the home right now? You know, that thing. So it's it's always hard to answer, you know, that from a general sense, right? You have very different clients and different experiences throughout the time. I do a lot of stuff through email before I get to the phone call stage. I'll go, um, I would say 20% of the clients I may not talk to on the phone uh, because my email presentations and my email strategies are much more focused on extrapolating out those questions. Mm -hmm. Um, And I explain to a client, it's always good, you know, when you're dealing with financial things to have things in writing. I can't tell you how many times a client has heard something different than what I said or vice versa. You know, the, the, the phone tag conversation or you're talking to the husband and it translates to the wife differently. 
having things in email, I try to push people towards the email side of things so then I can respond thoroughly and efficiently. So when I'm on the phone, less of the conversation is about anything other than rates and where they are and, and um, very specific questions. I try to push most of it onto an email format and you know provide helpful links to clients to do real research. So if they want to go and, and uh, dive into a deep hole on amortization schedules and, and understanding um, you know, whatever tickles their fancy, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, they can do it at third time and not while I'm sitting on the phone with them. And during your process, your, you know, new customer onboarding client process there, do you have various educational, you know, pieces or links that you drive them to, right? To, I mean, obviously they get on the phone with you, they get a referral from an agent that you're already positioned as obviously an expert, right? But what additional things do you do to help, you know, around that? So most of the time, those clients are first-time home buyers. So um, they may be looking for grant programs or things like that. And I know a lot of loan officers want to control where they look and where they find their information. Um, I try to give them the, the, the source material, right? If they want to know something about um, a grant program, I direct them to like the Illinois grant program page. Mm-hmm. I don't hide behind that, even though it, it mentions 15 other lenders on there, um, I don't mind them going to the actual sources to find that that material. So I, I try to be very rudimentary in the information I give uh, because I, I don't hide anything, right? There's there's no game. You know, I always quote the best rate I have available. I don't um, play around with things like that. I'm, I'm very consistent, whether it's the little old lady or the high-powered attorney, they get treated the same and get provided the same information. So, you know, I'm I'm you know, there's access to the Fannie Mae guides on online now. So I, I walk people through things like that. I don't, I don't couch the conversation on um, anything other than the the baseline facts. And I think that's something that's important to understand, you know, uh, for a company like B Mortgage, you know, we're raw guidelines. So a lot of people work in a lot of places where there's guardrails up and they don't drive them to the Fannie Mae website because Fannie Mae will say it can go to a 50 DTI, but their company has a 45 max DTI. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I work for a company that the guy, the guardrails are down. It's raw guidelines. So if Fannie mm-hmm. says we can do a 50, we can do a 50. If Fannie says we can do a manual underwrite, we can do a manual underwrite. So I think a lot of people don't give the real source material, which is the Fannie or Freddie or FHA guides, mm-hmm. because they have overlays and that becomes a more difficult conversation of, well, this says I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the answer is for me, yeah, absolutely. I can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably a unique situation for you then without the overlays. And additionally, I, I, you know, most borrowers, uh, you know, that that's that's uh, they probably don't understand a lot of that or they get so deep in the weeds. Right. That just kind of mucks up the conversations. Yeah. You know, people are used to following what what they're told verbally. Right. Um, and and that's unfortunate, you know, because there's a lot of things that become available for clients that they didn't know. Um, people won't explain LPI, LPMI to them compared to PMI or vice versa. Um, and I, I try to give them the, the information. I don't want to spend an hour on the phone explaining things. Um, mm-hmm. I try to drive them to raw guidelines uh, in the purest form so they can do some research on their own and get as comfortable as they want. And then usually they'll have questions for me, but it's something that I can usually answer via email very quickly. Okay. So you're, back to your um, 
in, you know, kind of onboarding process with your clients. You're, you're taking the initial call, you're doing the high level consultation stuff, and you're introducing that they're, they're going to interact with other members of your team. Um, when do you kind of jump back in at any point during that, that process? In a perfect world, um, I'm just kind of there at the end to shake hands and kiss babies. You know, the process in general, I spend a fair amount of time on the front end with a client, both through phone or email. Mm. Um, never, for the most part, face-to-face. I, mm. I probably can count on one hand the number of clients I've met with in the last year. Mm-hmm. Spend a lot of time on the front end, introduce them to the single mortgage consultant that they'll be working with. Um, once the loan's approved, even the mortgage consultant's telling them that they're approved. I probably give the final figures to the clients a fair amount of time. So congrats, you're clear to close. Here's the closing estimate. Yep. Um, but other than that, you know, very limited conversations with me directly, except if a problem arises. You know, again, it goes back to my my team being a machine and a machine only works if, if the things that go into it are, you know, have right. rounded edges and, and <laughs> a square peg fits in a square hole. So I extract out the problems. If something arises and information wasn't accurate that the client gave and now we get the text terms and things are different or, or whatever, I dive into solving problems and might spend a little more time with a client if a problem arises. Certainly in a decreasing or increasing interest rate environment, anything related to rates or payment changes, I jump in and handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, anything relating to market movements where there's slowdowns, um, I try to be proactive and reach out to clients about that. But from the loan process standpoint, I really, I really have uh, such a rock star team that I'm, I'm not involved other than the front end conversation and maybe uh, giving some final figures. Sure. Uh, how about loan status updates? Uh, does your team handle that? Team handles it. Um, you know, we update uh, realtors, attorneys, uh, certainly on the buy side when uh, loans approved, appraisals back. Mm-hmm. Uh, clear to close. Those are really the things mm-hmm. we always try to be proactive. You know, very seldom do we have uh, extensions needed or or anything of that nature. Um, you know, we're usually very proactive. I manage my pipeline based on mortgage contingency dates mm-hmm. more so than closing dates. So we treat the mortgage contingency date as a closing. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people, especially the big banks, look at you know mortgage contingency dates or su- uh, suggestions. Mm. Um, on our side, that's that's basically the closing date as far as I'm concerned. Right. That loan needs to be 100% done by the mortgage contingency date. Um, I stress that to realtors. I stress that to clients. I stress it to attorneys. Um, that That is the critical date, especially in a hyper-competitive mortgage market that we're in now in certain markets. You know, the, the Denvers and Californias and Illinois and Bostons, um, those markets, man, if you, if you miss a mortgage contingency date, the seller is talking to the realtor about relisting the property. And that is a very nerve wracking experience for a client and just creates a flood of phone calls that blows up somebody's day. You know, if you blow a mortgage contingency, that's a call from the buyer. That's a call from the buyer's agent, a call from the buyer's attorney. Half the time it's from the seller's attorney or the seller's realtor as well. Those are five calls that I wasn't planning on having that day. Uh, which, Not good calls again, either. As, as, no, and somebody like me who's very strategic with my time, and we talked about time management a little bit, mm. that blows my whole day up if I have too many of those right. during a week or during a month, uh, and I don't have time for that. So I put a lot of pressure on my team and, and the people around that when I ask a client, you know, my team, when they ask for a client an updated pay stub, it, it, I put deadlines in there. So they're saying, 
hey, John, I need a pay stub by Tuesday or we're not going to meet the mortgage contingency date on Friday. And and various, you know, putting a lot of the pressure back on the people who are providing you that information. Mm. Yeah, that's a good strategy. I like that. Yeah, put it back on them. They're the ones that want to buy the house, right? So let's get it together. Yeah, nobody's ever said to you, nobody's ever said to you in a mortgage com- uh, deal that you communicated too much. Right. You know, that, that doesn't come out of somebody's mouth. A realtor never says, gosh, I really wish you wouldn't have told me all those things about how the deal went. You know, they, they like the information and the more you're proactive with that level of communication and putting deadlines. So everybody's clear. Here's your contingency date. Here's your closing date. In order to do that, we need to do things by three days before that and, and five days before that. Or, you know, just communicating the same stresses that we have internally as loan officers and, and companies, making sure that everyone's aware of the process um, will, will accomplish the goal much smoother. Okay. So curious, how, how do you handle, uh, you know, the past database for generating business from that? Do you do like annual reviews or whatever? What's that look like? Yeah. I mean, I, I do a pretty good job of staying on top of clients' interest rates. I, I have a knack for, you know, remembering deals and remembering clients. And one strategy that I was very successful at is, and it's unfortunate it usually starts this way, but a client will call me <laughs> and say, hey, I heard rates dropped. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, you're, you're absolutely right. I pull up their file, I look, and I say, yeah, I can probably save you half a point next Y and Z. But then what I do is once I get that deal started or locked in or whatnot, I go through and look at a closed loan report from that time. So if they closed in May of 2017 and had a 30-year fix and I was able to refinance them, chances are they're not the only loan that happened between April and June of 2017 that I can refinance. So I start digging in very strategically into loans that closed during that time frame. So, you know, certainly the, you, you've got to have a fair amount of loans to, to do that, right? If I'm closing 30, 40, 50 loans a month, that's, right. that's a lot of loans in that. If, if, you know, if different listeners are closing two, three, you know, you've got to have some different strategies. But I really focus on loans that close during that time frame, And then we'll strategically take some time to look and delve into each one of those. Uh, and now there's so many tools, you know, making sure you're <clears throat> bouncing values off Zillow. I think too many times people today say, oh, yeah, John Smith's at four and rates are at four, so I really can't do anything. But then you realize that the property value is up 10% and you can drop PMI or, you know, these were clients that maybe we're talking about taking out a home equity line. So having different conversations that aren't all about you're at X rate and I can lower you to Y rate, um, looking at different opportunities, or maybe they can take cash out and keep the same uh, interest rate, that's a very favorable thing to people as well. Hmm. So um, them access to cash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, at the same rate, you know, they were yeah. comfortable with the money and, and people who buy homes, you know, in general, you're, you have a fair amount of outlay. Um, you know, people bought furniture or, and they, and they get 0% credit cards, but that comes due in a year. If you can offer them the ability to, to, uh, if you saw a quarter point and rate drop, um, and you, or they had a, a appreciation event, um, you can sometimes find other things than just lowering the interest rate. Yeah. Well, I know. Uh, so best practice, we're kind of talking about this here is people go through different life changes. And so, um, it's, it's, it, you would agree. I think it makes sense for you to be proactive in touching your past database, you know, just to check up and go, Hey, you know, are, are, has anything happened right since we last talked or on the horizon in the next six to 12 months that could impact your financial situation, right? Could be uh, birth of a baby, college graduation, job change, whatever. Right. 
Yeah, yeah I was just going to say that, you know, social media, again, when I'm on social media, it's looking at key clients or key realtors or, you know, what life events are going on for key strategic partners that I can uh, be a part of. Hmm. So I'm curious, um, because of the volume you do and the size of your database, um, me being kind of a technical guy, do you use a particular CRM database management tool? Um, so yeah, at, uh, at, at B mortgage, we use uh, total expert, okay. we, uh, yep. we kind of rebranded and tweaked it a little bit, but yeah, total expert. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Super powerful. Yeah. I had Joel um, on the podcast last year. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very happy with, um, with that platform. I think it's a, a great tool that, um, other companies I've worked at, uh, haven't implemented. And, um, you know, I never really had a tool like that in, in kind of my previous life, so to speak. So excited to have a, a pretty powerful thing. I think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the SMS text texting platform is great. There's yeah. uh, a lot of tools that, uh, I haven't seen in a lot of other things. So are you using it at all for the co-marketing with realtors? Yeah. Yeah, I um, not as much as maybe I will in the future, but sure. uh, you know, I've done a few of it. I've started to dip my toes. Relatively new to me, so um, yep. you know, most of the stuff I've used it for is uh, is client based uh, reaching out. But uh, I will get into kind of that third party stuff. Okay, all right. Well, that's that's really good data in terms of like how you run your business. I appreciate that. So for the last few minutes we have, I want to transition a little bit into psychology. And what I mean by that is, you know, if it, taking taking us back, either whether it's you know, let's say back to Lakeshore funding, right? Take take mm-hmm. me take me back there. I want to better understand if you know your psychology was, you know, um, you were going to be a superstar mega producer, or was this all a surprise to you? <laughs> um, no, yeah. it's uh, I always acted bigger than I was mm. uh, in my career, so. You know, at Lakeshore Funding, which was a, a, a wild time and a great time, we had all the assistants sit back in this small little area called the pit. And myself, my buddy Jim Fuller, um, and some other guys sat back in this pit. And it was all the assistants sharing information. So it was a really great environment uh, to learn from. But, you know, so I'm chasing down a, a certificate of insurance. Or I'm chasing down a title. And every time I talked to an attorney, I would ask them who they worked with. And I didn't know that they were the biggest attorneys in the city of Chicago or they're the most well-known, um, high-powered real estate attorney in Chicago. I still asked them for business. And more often than not, they would say, yeah, I work with a few people, but send me some cards. Mm-hmm. So I was constantly asking for more than maybe an, a traditional assistant would. And it works. You know, I, I think that's something that uh, uh, a lot of people don't understand is if you don't ask for the business, you have a 0% chance of getting the business. Mm-hmm. Even if asking for it yields a 5% result, it's still infinitely more than zero. So ask everybody, ask, you know, ask for as much as you want. Um, and I did that from day one. Um, okay. I so was a consummate sales guy. So yeah, I was always banging on the door. I didn't care who they were because I was naive enough to not know who they were. It was a, it was a pretty powerful situation to be in, um, being confident in the, the information piece of it, you know, I knew mortgages, even though I was an assistant, I spent a lot of time reading guidelines and, um, you know, we had this, like I said, a, a really good information sharing system back there. So, mm-hmm. um, I was always comfortable asking for business and, you know, the first deal you get was hard, but I would spend more time on that hard deal than anybody else that was busy and, and then business grows from there. Okay. So 
two ways we can look through this next question. I wanted to get a sense of, you know, either what you would tell yourself today, looking back to that young Joe C back at Lakeshore funding of what, you know, you would say to that young Joe today, uh, kind of combined with, you know, how you would advise somebody to be a successful loan officer today. Yeah. So I wish I spent a little more time on, um, ROI from agents or, you know, people you talked about time wasting and, and some of that stuff. So quantifying who you're getting your business from and understanding that and what you did to make that uh, result successful, whether it was co-hosting a happy hour or what, whatever I did to create some of the relationships that have been longstanding relationships beyond the fact of, you know, treating people how you want to be treated and kind of the, the basics of life, but understanding where I invested time and effort and where it worked and where it didn't. I wish I would have tracked that a little bit better. And don't get me wrong, I had a lot of fun over the time um, you know, doing events and things that, that maybe didn't yield mortgage results, but uh, yielded life events. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wish I would have focused on that, so I would give myself that advice. Um, so just that, to clarify there for a second. A yeah, I think what you're saying, and this is a great point, I'm glad you mentioned that for listeners, is you've got to a- analyze your the ROI of your relationships. Uh, you see this, I'm sure, Joe, I hear it, where it's like, you know, oh, how many realtors are on your bus? Oh, you know, about 12 or whatever. Great. How many of them are sending you business? Well, you know, only about half. And then there's a, that's like, you know, case once in a while. So yeah, we need to be very strategic, I think is what you're saying, with who we're pouring into and investing our time with. And if it isn't, you know, meeting kind of our, our standards for that, we need to reevaluate. Yeah, and, and it might have taken two years, right? I might have had four events. Uh, I might have done one thing that, that yielded a ton of results. So I wish I analyzed that a little bit more um, than I probably did. But uh, it, it all works out over time as long as you don't waste too much of your time doing tasks that don't yield anything. I was fortunate that a lot of the things I did were very fruitful. I just wish I could say, you know, these are the three things that I did that yielded X, Y, and Z. And I, I don't, I never really tracked that until, you know, more recently in, in my career. And, and so the payoff to tracking the activities that produce the highest ROI. You do it the, again. Yeah. Right. Obvious impact to the business. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. All right. So I know you're working with a bunch of seasoned loan officers, right? But um, I don't know if you're bringing, you know, newer people on the team. I mean, uh, right. The average LO is what, 57 years old. So are you, um, you know, looking at newbies coming in and trading them up or what are you doing? No, right now our focus is on experienced loan officers who really want to grow their business. Um, my focus in this industry, when you, when you have a company that you've lowered the guardrails, that mm. only works if you have experienced, trustworthy people who just haven't been given all the tools that I was fortunate to have over my career and giving them the opportunity to get one more deal done a year is what ultimately yields more results, right? I have some of the realtors that I work with who have a ton of non-warrantable condos, but they're not really non-warrantable condos. It's the lender they were working with calls them non-warrantable condos. But the fact is, is these loans will get sold to Fannie and Freddie. So given a seasoned loan officer, the ability to close that deal ultimately cracks the ice with that realtor. And then you get 50 more deals from that agent. So, you know, we're looking for the people who are, uh, understand the mortgage business. I don't need $50 million producers, but I, I need people who understand guidelines. I need people who understand uh, getting business, are focused on selling, mm-hmm. and people that I can provide more support for and, and things like that. So really helping them go from a $20 million originator to a $50 million originator. 
Okay. Um, and so let's, let's talk about that briefly. Tell me about B Mortgage. Is this a nationwide play? Yeah. So B Mortgage is a, a division of Bridgeview Bank. So it is a bank platform. So you eliminate the licensing piece of it. Uh, you're licensed in all 50 states uh, from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great opportunity. We rolled out a construction lending program. We have access to commercial loans. So not only just your traditional uh, bank broker model of selling loans to Fannie and Freddie and Chase and Wells and things like that, but having ancillary tools that the way I look at my business is, you know, X percent is refinances, X percent is purchase, and you're you're kind of a victim of the market when it comes to refinances with rates pushing up to the four and a half percent range. You know, you're losing a lot of refinance opportunities. So to be able to replace that with maybe a couple of commercial deals a month or maybe a new construction ground up single family that, uh, you know, you weren't able to do or that I used to have to refer out at previous companies um, gives me the ability to not only grow in, in what might be a down market for uh, mortgage people, uh, it, it gives you the ability to grow along with your clients. You know, there's nothing more frustrating than working at a place. You do the person's first $200,000 one-bedroom condo, then they buy a three-bedroom condo, then they buy the townhome, but now they're building a $2 million home and you have to refer them out. Well, the minute you do that, that client is going to look everywhere for everything going forward. When they go to refinance, they're going to talk to one more person because you've already established some doubt that you can do everything. You had to refer them out to begin with. Hmm. So being able to follow clients their whole career uh, and their whole life cycle of the mortgage world uh, is critically important. You hate doing the the small tough loans and then referring out the the bigger easy ones. So being at a platform that allows me to do that, or when they buy their second home and things like that, um, being able to follow that client everywhere is a very powerful tool, and it continues to uh, expand your database by a spider web. Um, you know, it's a it's a growth trajectory that I'm excited to be a part of. Mm, uh, awesome. So, that's, that's kind of the core principle of, of B, is uh, uh, being able to follow that client through their whole mortgage lives and needs. And uh, the website for that is uh, bmortgage.com, right? B-E mortgage? Yep. Absolutely. All right. So I'll, I'll put links to that in the show notes. Hey, one last question before I let you go. Just curious about this. Um, are you a reader, listener? How do you sharpen the axe? Uh, I'm definitely a reader. Uh, mm-hmm. Although I will tell you, I'm starting to get more into podcasts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, uh, a digital reader, um, <laughs> Kindle very reader. focused on, yeah, no, I just mean, you know, I'm, I'm on a computer all day and, and, yeah. uh, I might pull up more articles than I used to, but, yeah. uh, uh, certainly the, the podcast, uh, I, I don't drive anymore. You know, I left I, my car has been in my garage for a year and a half. So, mm. um, you know, I, uh, I'm in the back of an Uber a lot. Um, so starting to get into some podcasts, um, has become a much more valuable tool that I really, I didn't explore before, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Awesome. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned that about reading. So I, for a long time, you know, quote was a reader, but I've recently really stepped up my, uh, um, listening like with audible. And so like, you know, books on tape and all that jazz, just yep. because I found I could consume that info a lot faster than sitting down and reading. Yeah, I, I get it. And, uh, I think it's right, you know, so I'm, yeah. uh, I'm right there with you. I think it's a, an evolution that's uh, powerful, but you know, everybody learns in different things. Like I wouldn't want to listen to guidelines, you know, that would be a terrible <laughs> audible book, you know, like, especially while I'd driving. Up Fannie Mae guides. Yeah, exactly. Um, I pull up, you know, the Fannie Mae guides and we'll read that type of data, but um, business strategies and things like that. I think that the audio um, way is, is a much more 
uh, enjoyable um, means of absorbing that information. Well, I think it just, you know, goes to show that somebody, even at your level of success, right, you're still always looking for that slight edge and, you know, learning from others. So those are oh, those... no doubt about it. Yeah. Well, listen, I know you're incredibly busy. This, uh, the meter's running here, so I got to let you go. Uh, (laughs) I want to thank you for being here and for listeners. Thank you as well for tuning in. Um, Joe, I'm going to put the link to, uh, the website. Is that the best place for people to go learn more? Should it be B mortgage? Anything else you want to? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You can always reach out to me at, uh, Joe at B E L O A N.com. Joe at B loan.com. I'm here. Big questions, small scenarios, whatever. You want to talk mortgage, let me know. Awesome. So listeners, thanks again. And uh, we will see you on the next one. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Marketing Radio. Want more truth in mortgage marketing? Get more free training and resources at MortgageMarketingInstitute.com. Hey guys, what's up? Real quick, uh, you've heard about the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership before, and I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business, let's just face it, agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our Mortgage Marketing Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to, from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list uploaded into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call. We'll have a chat. We'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.